Chapters fifty one to fifty three of Tristram Shandy, Volume two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nick Number. The Life and Opinions of Tristram Shandy, Gentleman, Volume two, by Lawrence Stern. Chapter fifty one. If my wife will but venture him, brother Toby, Trismegistus shall be dressed and brought down to us, whilst you and I are getting our breakfast together. Go, tell Susanna, Obadiah, to step here. She has run upstairs, answered Obadiah, this very instant, sobbing and crying, and wringing her hands as if her heart would break. We shall have a rare month of it, said my father, turning his head from Obadiah and looking wistfully in my uncle Toby's face for some time. We shall have a devilish month of it, brother Toby, said my father, setting his arms akimbo and shaking his head. Fire, water, women, wind, brother Toby. Tis some misfortune, quoth my uncle Toby. That it is, cried my father, to have so many jarring elements breaking loose and riding triumph in every corner of a gentleman's house. Little boots it to the peace of a family, brother Toby, that you and I possess ourselves and sit here silent and unmoved, whilst such a storm is whistling over our heads. And what's the matter, Susanna? They have called the child Tristram, and my mistress has just got out of an hysteric fit about it. No! Tis not my fault, said Susanna. I told him it was Tristram Gistus. Make tea for yourself, brother Toby, said my father, taking down his hat. But how different from the sallies and agitations of voice and members which a common reader would imagine! For he spake in the sweetest modulation, and took down his hat with the genteelest movement of limbs that ever affliction harmonized and attuned together. Go to the bowling green for Corporal Trim, said my uncle Toby, speaking to Obadiah as soon as my father left the room. Chapter 52 When the misfortune of my nose fell so heavily upon my father's head, the reader remembers that he walked instantly upstairs and cast himself down upon his bed, and from hence, unless he has a great insight into human nature, he will be apt to expect a rotation of the same ascending and descending movements from him upon this misfortune of my name. No. The different weight, dear sir, nay, even the different package of two vexations of the same weight, makes a very wide difference in our manner of bearing and getting through with them. It is not half an hour ago when, in the great hurry and precipitation of a poor devil's writing for daily bread, I threw a fair sheet, which I had just finished and carefully wrote out, slap into the fire instead of the foul one. Instantly I snatched off my wig and threw it perpendicularly with all imaginable violence up to the top of the room. Indeed, I caught it as it fell. But there was an end of the matter, nor do I think anything else in nature would have given such immediate ease. She, dear goddess, by an instantaneous impulse in all provoking cases, determines us to a sally of this or that member, or else she thrusts us into this or that place or posture of body, we know not why. But mark, madam, we live amongst riddles and mysteries. The most obvious things which come in our way have dark sides, which the quickest sight cannot penetrate into, and even the clearest and most exalted understandings amongst us find ourselves puzzled and at a loss in almost every cranny of nature's works. So that this, like a thousand other things, falls out for us in a way which, though we cannot reason upon it, yet we find the good of it, may it please your reverences and your worships, and that's enough for us. Now my father could not lie down with this affliction for his life, nor could he carry it upstairs like the other. He walked composedly out with it to the fish-pond. Had my father leaned his head upon his hand and reasoned an hour which way to have gone, reason with all her force could not have directed him to anything like it. 
There is something, sir, in fish-ponds, but what it is I leave to system-builders and fish-pond diggers betwixt em to find out. But there is something, under the first disorderly transport of the humours, so unaccountably becalming in an orderly and a sober walk towards one of them, that I have often wondered that neither Pythagoras, nor Plato, nor Solon, nor Lycurgus, nor Mahomet, nor any one of your noted lawgivers ever gave order about them. Chapter 53 your honour said trim shutting the parlour door before he began to speak has heard i imagine of this unlucky accident oh yes trim said my uncle toby and it gives me great concern i am heartily concerned too but i hope your honour replied trim will do me the justice to believe that it was not in the least owing to me to thee trim cried my uncle toby looking kindly in his face twas susanna's and the curate's folly betwixt them what business could they have together and please your honour in the garden in the gallery thou meanest replied my uncle toby trim found he was upon a wrong scent and stopped short with a low bow two misfortunes quoth the corporal to himself are twice as many at least as are needful to be talked over at one time the mischief the cow has done in breaking into the fortifications may be told his honour hereafter trim's casuistry and address under the cover of his low bow prevented all suspicion in my uncle toby so he went on with what he had to say to trim as follows for my own part trim though i can see little or no difference betwixt my nephew's being called tristram or trismegistus yet as the thing sits so near my brother's heart trim i would freely have given a hundred pounds rather than it should have happened a hundred pounds and please your honour replied trim i would not give a cherry stone to boot nor would i trim upon my own account quoth my uncle toby but my brother whom there is no arguing with in this case maintains that a great deal more depends trim upon christian names than what ignorant people imagine for he says there never was a great or heroic action performed since the world began by one called tristram nay he will have it trim that a man can neither be learned or wise or brave tis all fancy and please your honour i fought just as well replied the corporal when the regiment called me trim as when they called me james butler and for my own part said my uncle toby though i should blush to boast of it myself trim yet had my name been alexander i could have done no more at namur than my duty bless your honour cried trim advancing three steps as he spoke does a man think of his christian name when he goes upon the attack or when he stands in the trench trim cried my uncle toby looking firm or when he enters a breach said trim pushing in between two chairs or forces the lines cried my uncle rising up and pushing his crutch like a pike or facing a platoon cried trim presenting his stick like a firelock or when he marches up the glacis cried my uncle toby looking warm and setting his foot upon his stool end of chapters fifty one to fifty three recording by nick number